Welcome to Thomas Anonymous with Tommy Natoli. That's me. Today I have coming out of the closet. Chapter 11, Toxic Gayness. When people find out I'm originally from the Boston area, they always say, why don't you have one of those accents? And the truth is, I had to get rid of my accent because people didn't think I was from Boston. They thought I was handicapped. Fun fact, Boston's official city slogan is, go fuck your mother. Just kidding, I made that part up. But seriously, go fuck your mom. Growing up, my mom had three kids with three different men, which kind of makes her ambitious. But my dad had six kids with five different women, which makes him, well, a man. If you do the math with my dad, six kids with five women, that means one lucky lady was dumb enough to stick around for round two. Some may call that luck. Others may call that a learning disability. It's your call to make. Despite my mom having three baby daddies, I never had to witness a long, drawn-out breakup. My mom was very much a leave-a-note-on-the-kitchen-table kind of gal. Dear Mike, lasagna's in the fridge, also I moved out. I wish I could say I was inspired by my mother's strength, but unfortunately, that is not the case. Bless my mom's heart, but she was a coward in the face of adversity and fell for everything because she stood for nothing. Haha! <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought that I had invented reincarnation. Oh yeah, I thought I came up with the theory all by myself, and it was my big idea, and I told my mom, Mom, oh my god, I think I just invented something. Imagine when somebody dies, they get to come back to life, but as somebody new. And she looked at me and she said, you didn't invent that, and it's not true. <laughs> Mom's great, she really knows how to lift people up. My mom didn't support the idea of college. As a kid, I wanted to go to college so bad. I was gonna major in theater, and I was gonna live in the dorms, I had it all planned out. But she said to me, no, you gotta go to trade school, learn a skill, Tommy. You're not college material. Yeah, well, you're not really mom material. Nobody seems to be stopping you. I will always love my mother, because most hostages grow to love their abductors. My middle name is Stockholm. Jokes, 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 jokes. The truth is, my mom was with so many losers, by the time I was 12 I said, Mom, can we just find a nice used car salesman? They're having a sale down at Kia. Let's just go check out the staff. What I'm trying to say here is that my childhood was pretty dysfunctional to the point that I used to wish and hope and pray that one day I could just be whisked away by Michael Jackson. And that is true. My number one childhood fantasy was that I would be kidnapped by the King of Pop. I was about 10, and I knew I was his demographic, and I was in my prime. Me! And I used to pray out loud on my little bed, Please, God, let Michael Jackson take me. I don't care about the abuse. I'm experienced. Shh, I won't tell anyone. Because, hey, if you're going to have a messed up childhood, it might as well be happening at the Neverland Ranch with a Ferris wheel and a millionaire. I was 10. I wasn't stupid. At this point, it is a known fact that when I was a boy, I was super femmy. Kids in school would come up to me and always say, Are you a boy or a girl? And then I would say something sassy back like, Um, hello, my sweatshirt says bugle boy. And then I'd snap my fingers. I was a very sassy kid who was desperate for attention, but I soon found out the kind of attention that comes to a little boy snapping his fingers and wiggling his neck. Newsflash, it's not the kind of attention you want. 
I was funny, I was cute, and I had great hair every day. I'm not joking, my hair was fucking awesome. I used a truckload of LA Looks hair gel to turn the front of my hair into a cresting wave, while the sides of my hair were shellacked back. I knew that I was different from the other kids, but whatever, I had amazing hair. At least my differentness was amusing to the other kids. That was my shield and armor to keep them from making fun of me. For the most part, my girliness would make them laugh so much that they wouldn't get a chance to ask me uncomfortable questions. Now, I'm about to say something super controversial. I hate the term bullied. And I know we live in a super sensitive world where bullying is indeed a valid problem. But to be fair and balanced, there are some out there that use the word bully as a crutch. It can sometimes be an overused word that I feel has, God, how do I say this in a sensitive way, created a pussy safety net for people to hide under and make excuses for not taking action. Truth! I was not brutally bullied, so I don't know and I can't speak for what that experience is like. I would say that I was occasionally put on the spot, either at school or sometimes at something like a birthday party or a sleepover, and they would always say the same thing. So what's up with that girly voice of yours? Or, you act like a girl. Or the one that I really grew to hate the absolute most are you gay 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 the are you gay one is the worst because it's so bluntly to the point it's ridiculous that to me is just so not in the normal world of conversational questions you just don't randomly ask that to people normal shit is hey what's your name what's your favorite color what channel is law and order on what time does the bus get here are you gay hmm yeah that one just sticks out for some reason i never felt bullied i felt mostly bothered and annoyed and like i was surrounded by idiotic low iq dingbats Kids were mean to me, sure, but most of the time I was mean right back to them. So those awkward moments at sleepovers when I'd get called out for being femme, why do you talk like a girl? I'd usually say something back in my girly voice like, hey, are you guys still on welfare? Or is your sister's hooker money keeping the family going? Oh, she's pregnant, right? And there certainly were some mean kids I would come across and they would definitely go for it and shoot off the classic hits like, faggot, Fag, gay, gay lord, sissy, gay, gay, you're gay, 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 gay. But those people, the mean kids, they were so outnumbered by laughing people that even though it sucked hearing those words, it was kind of like, whatever, dude, I have great hair and a fan club of girls. Get out of here. Me, me, me. And I'm really lucky and fortunate that it was only sometimes people would say these things to me. For the most part, my entertaining sassiness I served up was enough to get a laugh and move the focus away from the G word. In my experience, as a kid growing up in straight macho man America, it was clear to me that boys should walk, talk, and act a certain way. And if you didn't, then you're a fag. Plain and simple. I knew that I was girly and I was terrified of confrontation, so I studied. I knew that I wanted to be an entertainer when I grew up, so I took on my first role as a straight, normal boy. For years, I studied boys and I studied men. How they walked, how they talked, how they acted, how they ate, how they stood, how they laughed, how they reacted, everything. I would mimic their every move and slowly but surely, I started to be able to act like a guy when I needed to. Some things though, like my voice, was totally out of my control. So I started smoking cigarettes at 13 because I wanted to deepen my voice and butch it up. I used to try and make noises as deep as I could with my voice in the hopes of it not being so girly. One of the things I used to hate people saying after I finally did come out of the closet was, Wow, you don't act like a gay person. Or, it's really cool because you're masculine and not super femmy. 
I don't act super gay most of the time, not because I'm butch or naturally masculine, but because of years of training to restrain myself. I was raised in a prejudiced, narrow-minded place where if you acted gay, chances are you'd get murdered. I had to train myself not to be myself. So that person saying, you don't act gay, thought they were complimenting me when really they were just endorsing my years of masochism and pathetic complicity. Aw, thanks! I took on a persona of what I thought would fly for a straight guy. My whole entire existence was making people think something that wasn't true and also trying so hard and so desperate not to end up actually being gay. (laughs) Does it sound exhausting? Because it was. I heard a gay guy once say that he was happy that his dad pushed and forced him to be masculine. And I thought to myself, first of all, you don't need a dad to do that. Society does a great job of that by itself. And second of all, it was interesting to me that this gay guy was satisfied that somebody was there to push onto him traits and behaviors that he maybe otherwise would not have. I am fascinated by the amount of toxic masculinity within the gay community itself. People don't talk about that, and they need to. The corroded seeds of hate towards feminine men that leak over into our adulthood is insanely crazy. But more on that fun LGBT issue later. Long story short, we all learn very young not to act like a sissy or else you'll get made fun of. Or your ass kicked. Or both. I suppose every generation has their cross to bear. Or at least we all think we do. I'm still trying to figure out which generation I belong to. Google just told me that I am the oldest of the millennial generation. Oh, great. Whatever. Older millennials like myself are mostly children of baby boomers, and we all had an analog childhood and a digital adolescence. The generation before me had to fight for the right to not get lynched in the streets for being gay. I love that today in West Hollywood, at any time, you can find guys kissing and holding hands walking down the street, and even occasionally we'll get a 20-year-old twink sashaying down Santa Monica Boulevard in a glitter thong and pink nipple pasties. Hi! But that is a freedom that was not just handed over with ease. People fought and died, and not as an enlisted officer in a military battle. These people fought and died on their own streets, standing up for who they were, and refusing to hide in the shadows. If you are gay and listening to this, and you don't know what Stonewall is, turn this amazing podcast off, Google Stonewall, and fucking learn something before you head out to frolic around town with cocktails. People say, freedom isn't free. Yeah, well, frolicking isn't free either, so... Hashtag educate yourself. Fuck. There was a violence against gays that fingers crossed I hopefully will never have to experience. Police brutality was a nightly occurrence, surprise, surprise. And if you were caught being or doing anything gay, you would get arrested or beaten or who knows. Yay, history! Gays and lesbians fought for the LGBT community before there was a legit LGBT community. (laughs) Yeah, turns out there wasn't always a gay center downtown to get HIV tested at. There was a time when there were no gay neighborhoods, and people had to live in absolute secrecy. When I was a young kid, homosexuality was kept a secret from me because I was being raised by a Christian lunatic baby boomer. The ideals and morals around me came straight out of the 1950s and came straight for me. No straight pun intended. From what I was absorbing from the world around me in the late 80s and early 90s was that if you were a gay man, that meant you definitely had AIDS. Which, by the way, was ignored for almost a decade while millions of gay men died and amazing lesbians took care of them. Seriously, people wouldn't touch them, people wouldn't help them, ambulances would not pick them up, hospitals turned them away for fear of contracting the illness. I mean, it was such a wonderful world I was born into. Way to blow it, America. My super fun and amazing Uncle Michael was gay and died of AIDS around 1992. This was such a taboo subject at the time that my mother didn't even tell me he had AIDS until after he had died. She was tucking me into bed one night. 
Uncle Michael died two weeks ago. He had AIDS. Good night. <laughs> okay, sweet dreams. Copy that. I'm surprised that she didn't just leave me a note on the kitchen table. Uncle Mike is dead. AIDS. Cereal on the counter. I was scared of being gay. Not just because of the queer, scarlet letter social stigma, but because I was convinced that being gay meant a certain death sentence. When I realized around the age of 12 that the thoughts I was having were in fact gay, that was horrifying. The HIV virus was a major constant fear of mine circling my brain every day. I thought to myself, oh my god, I'm gonna get AIDS, which quickly turned into, oh my god, I definitely already have AIDS. Remember the condom I found on the street and jerked off with for a month? Me. Yeah, well, I was convinced for three years after that that I'd gotten AIDS from it. And this wasn't just a fleeting thought. No, this was a constant, everyday fear that I totally had HIV because I used a condom off the street and I thought of naked boys. <gasps> and I kept telling myself that my gay thoughts would go away and I soon would really like girls. Yeah, it just hasn't kicked in yet fully. Yeah, that's it. It's just like a cold. Just gotta give it some time, right? I tried to pray the gay away before I knew that was a thing. I'm a trailblazer and I didn't even know it. I used to force myself to think of girls while I masturbated, thinking that I was helping my brain reprogram itself to where it was supposed to be. I convinced myself that these gay thoughts and feelings were just a symptom of Diddler Bob. Oh, Diddler Bob was one of my mom's husbands who was also a pedophile. <laughs> I know, she either has horrible taste in men or no intuition, or both. I also thought when it came to my gay thoughts that maybe I just had a chemical imbalance that was causing it. I convinced myself that I just wasn't born with the right hormones and I hoped that I could get an injection that would just fix me. Fix me. Hmm. I convinced myself a million and one different ways as to why I was feeling wasn't true. The toxic masculinity that runs rampant through our culture ran right through me. I tangled with denial for years, dancing to the brainwashing beats of society. The fight for basic civil rights and equality is still going strong. I doubt it will be won or end in my lifetime the way things are going, but at least we can walk down the street holding hands without getting killed. Of course, <laughs> that mostly still depends on geography. Sure, we've come a long way, but we are still pretty much contained to metropolitan areas. Gayborhoods where we can feel safe to have families and feel safe to be who we are, and all that great stuff that every other American just gets. I would not feel safe holding hands with a guy in southeast Texas, so yeah, we've definitely made progress, but it's all within a bubble. Baby steps. I first came out of the closet when I was 17 years old. It was maybe for three months, and then I turned around and went right back in the closet. Me! For me, it was a combination of not being ready and also realizing what that really meant for my life. Coming out as gay is a commitment. It's a lifelong commitment to labels, judgment, hate, harassment, all kinds of great stuff. My three months out of the closet, I had a summer love. Eric the Bank Teller. Eric the Bank Teller was my first boyfriend and first D in my mouth that didn't belong to one of my mom's husbands. We went on dates to the movies, made out in the car, all the great classic teenager shit. Then, one night, the cops busted us making out in the Wareham Walmart parking lot. And I'm talking passionate making out the only way gross teenagers can do it. And nothing nasty was happening. I mean, this was classic American pie type shit. Alright, we did grow up in dry hump a little, so I guess it's the gay spin on the American pie. But when you're 17 years old and you are knee-deep in a hormonal existence, you get caught up in these moments. I mean, I didn't even notice that the cops pulled up and got out of their cars, but sure enough, one walked right up to the car and yelled at us. Cut that out and get out of the car now! At first I thought it was Eric the bank teller's dad busting him. 
And then I realized it was the cops. Like, the police? Really? There are dozens of losers out back of Walmart right now smoking crack, and yet the cops are out here shining their lights on me because I'm making out with a guy? The officer who made us get out of my car was big, ugly, and a total asshole. Hmm, I guess it turns out Fat Matt really could have made it as a cop after all. Officer Mean Fatface said that he didn't want that gay shit going on in his town. Not in his town. This town isn't the place for that gay stuff. I wish someone could have told him that his town, this Pleasantville picture he was painting, is one of the shittiest drug-riddled towns in Southeast Mass. So just slow your fucking roll, dude. I'm sure there are like a dozen kids shoplifting at Walmart right now. Why don't you go be productive and deal with them? It was a shitty moment. It sucked. It felt beyond embarrassing for me and it felt like I was wrong and that I was a mutant. I felt like a personal moment was just super violated, followed by some old-fashioned berating. And the part that killed me was that it was for no reason at all. No crimes were being committed. We were just existing. It was a horrible, horrible feeling that I really can't even articulate. I wanted to curl up and make myself the size of a microscopic spider living in a dust ball. Officer Mean Fatface made us stand by the car and kept flashing his light directly in my retina, burning it so that I was blinded and could only hear his fat voice. Not in my town. Now get out of here. You're lucky I don't call your parents. <laughs> Tell my parents. <laughs> oh, you mean Mom and Fat Matt? <laughs> Look, dude, I used to answer the door for the pizza delivery guy in heels and pink lipstick, so if they need to be told, then shame on them for being idiots. After we were released from being harassed, I went home and I thought long and hard. I thought about that experience. I thought about how I should stand up and be proud of who I am. And I came to the conclusion of, fuck that. The very next day, I decided, yep, I'm straight. And I got a girlfriend, ASAP. Sorry, Eric the Bank Teller, you're getting ghosted. Hey, Cheryl, get over here. You're my girlfriend now, and we are busy. What? You have a baby? <laughs> yeah, big deal. I don't care. It's opening night, and I need someone to play my girlfriend. So guess what? I love you. What? I should move in with you? Okay, great. More on all that later. My gay run-in with the law was not a hashtag gay lives matter situation. I am in no way trying to set that tone. It just really showed me how shitty people were and how horrible the world really was. My experience growing up and coming of age at the time that I did... There was nothing positive about gay people happening in mainstream stuff that I watched. There were no gay shows like Glee with queer teens and musical numbers. There was no Will and Grace. Shit, not even Ellen was out as gay. As television raised me, there were only two kinds of gay guys on it. The makeup-wearing Femi sidekick and the dying AIDS patient. Neither of which I was interested in playing. Although I think if I really applied myself, I could have been a great Femi sidekick. But no eyeshadow, just like a nice foundation and some good eyeliner. Me. As the 90s came towards its Y2K end and I entered young adulthood, celebrities finally started to come out as gay. Ellen was, of course, the first big one I remember. But what I also remember and what people don't talk about was how badly she was treated. We didn't see Ellen for like five or six years because it took America a while to get over itself. Towards the end of high school, being an out-of-the-closet homo was not a completely radical idea. I mean, my high school even had a gay-straight alliance group. And I'm pretty sure I joined it one year, but I only went on the day they did pictures for yearbooks. <laughs> Duh. On the surface, things seemed like they were moving in a positive, progressive direction. And they were, but it just felt like it was at a snail's pace. Despite famous people coming out of the closet, on the streets of small-town America, there was still so much hate and judgment and hate that people still desperately feared what they didn't understand. 
Unfortunately, even once you come out of the closet, you are met with even more hate and judgment from the very community you just joined up with. Gay men are, in my experience, not the warmest, most accepting groups of people. You are judged ferociously on your age, body type, weight, teeth, hairline, age, body, age, body, age, body, and salary. Toxic masculinity doesn't magically go away when you come out of the closet. It's totally present in the gay community with gay men only wanting manly acting men and shaming those who have feminine qualities. Of course, not every gay guy is going to be attracted to each other, just like not all straight people are attracted to each other. But a lot of gay guys are dragging in the old ideas and judgments that were planted in all of our minds. It is still in all of us, and it's up to us to notice it, acknowledge it, have a conversation about it so that we can fix it. In the gay community, there is so much hate and shame directed towards feminine gay guys. Go on a gay dating app, and you will see an insane amount of no femmes, mask for mask only, man for man straight acting only straight acting only does anyone else think this is super fucked up what the fuck is straight acting and why as a gay man do you want me to act straight do you need your oil changed or do you just want me to act butch as i suck your dick what is going on it seems to me like a lot of daddy issues are floating around out there in gayland straight acting or not one or both of us is getting a dick in the ass so shut the fuck up and get over it sure we all have our taste in what turns us on and what doesn't but it's beyond that this is gay guys shaming other gay guys for basically being gay. What? Yeah, I know, and we need to get our shit together, otherwise our progressive journey upward and forward will be stalled out and slowed down. That fire that was lit years ago by the generation before us will burn out. So get the fuck over it, gay guys. Some of us are femi, some of us are fat. Yeah, turns out we're human. It can be so liberating to come out and be in a gay-friendly community where you can openly and freely be who you are. Hold hands with a guy, or spend three hours drunk at Fiesta Cantina making out with a stranger like a crazy person. Me? But to be quite honest, how liberating is it when most gay men you come across are super judgmental cunts? And I'm not generalizing here either. I am speaking from my own experience. See, I'm what is known as straight, thin, gay fat. Yeah, I'm LA fat, but Ohio skinny. You hear me barking, big dog? I've gained over 50 pounds, which 50 pounds for a straight guy is like, eh, but 50 pounds for a gay guy is like, ah! And now it's at the point where I don't even like to say I've gained weight. I prefer to say I've evolved into a bigger, better person. I also don't even like to call it my body anymore. Now I just refer to this as my meat sack. And if anyone else has ever evolved, you know about the wake-up call day. That's the day that you realize, holy shit, I've evolved 50 fucking pounds. For me, that day, I was out and about at a bar, and I saw an old friend I used to do comedy with. I went up to her, and I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? She had no idea who I was. And that just really shows you how bad Los Angeles is, when only 50 pounds makes you unrecognizable. And unrecognizable is the worst, because then you have to tell your friend who you are. I was like, uh, hey, it's me, Tommy Natoli. She was like, oh, hi. <laughs> it must be the hat. I wasn't wearing a fucking hat. Oh, live and learn, I guess. One thing that really drives me crazy is when super skinny healthy people talk about their cheat day. They're like, mmm, cheeseburger and french fries, cheat day. And I'm like, mmm, cheeseburger and french fries every day. For all of you cheat day people out there, relax. We get it. You're super duper healthy every day of the week, except Thursdays. And I hate it because cheat day people say things like, mmm, this chocolate cake is so good. I can't wait to burn it off at CrossFit. 
And I'm sorry, I just think that is super disrespectful to the chocolate cake. I'm not like that when I eat cake. I'm very hospitable. I let that cake know you can stay inside of me as long as you want. This isn't a stomach. This is a welcome mat. I just don't think you should rub your cheat day in all of our faces. You get a fabulous cheat day. And that's not fair because not everybody gets to have a cheat day. Like they don't have cheat day down at the methadone clinic. Married people don't get cheat day. Although that would be some shit I want to hear. I just think that would be a great excuse to hear from someone getting caught cheating. What, honey? No, no, honey. It's my cheat day. You had cheeseburger and french fries. I had the neighbor's wife. What? That's my straight guy impression. What? Come on. And no offense to straight guys, I love straight guys because all you really have to do to fit in with straight guys is deepen your voice and act like an idiot! I wish that for the next big political sex scandal, which probably already happened since I started this chapter, I hope for that sex scandal that they just admit to us that they did it and then use cheat day as their excuse. America, I did have sex with that young woman, but it was my cheat day. Saturdays are my special day to stuff my face with pizza and pussy. Or to be fair and balanced, if you're a Republican, caviar and cock. It. Yay! Make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Tommy Natoli. And you can also follow the show on Instagram at Thomas Anonymous Pod. Leave us a review on iTunes or just take a screenshot of some nice words you wrote and put it on the socials. What do I care? Express yourself. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. <laughs>